I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Well, once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time, Brother Mun speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call, and we're going to be using the verse of Scripture, a verse of Scripture from the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, all the way down in verse 18, and we're going to be talking about God's place in your life. You ever thought about that? God's place in my life. Uh, how do I know that God is in the place that he so desires? Colossians chapter 1 gives you that place, and let's see if we can fit it and sort of illustrate the rim of the nautical this time or this day. Or whenever you're listening to our program, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, and he is the head of the body, speaking of Christ, and he is the head of the body of the church. Christ is the head of the church. Please do not make that a man. In the Bible, Christ, the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, what does that mean? That in all things he might have the preeminence, right? God wants a preeminent place. How do I understand that in my life? You know, the Christian life is likened unto many things. And in the Bible, it's likened unto things that's used as an example or an illustration that I might study out those things and understand uh, what Christ desires and what he uh, so wants of me as far as oh, well, his place in my life, the Christian life, is likened unto a race. It's likened unto a fight. It's likened unto warfare. It's likened unto farming, whether sowing and reaping. But I like the nautical side. In the book of First Timothy, First Timothy chapter 1, it mentions those who were probably evangelists with the apostle Paul. Uh, two names are mentioned, Hymenaeus and Alexander, and it says concerning the faith, they made shipwreck. What does that mean? That's kind of like illustrating my life, kind of like a ship. Hymenaeus, Alexander, a ship, what happened to them? They throwed away doctrinal truths. All those things that the Christian faith is built upon, they throw them aside, and the writer says they made shipwreck. They're like a ship that wrecked, you know. So as I sail across life's sea, if I'm likened into a ship, I want to make sure that I stay afloat, that I do not experience shipwreck. So we think about this preeminent thing. How can I understand the place that God would so desire to have in my life? If I'm a ship, what place would he have? Let me just mention a few of these, and we'll do this practically, and I'll get you maybe to examine your own self. All right? Concerning a ship, as I sail across life's sea, what's one of the things that the ship is even made for? We think about ships. Most uh, We have two men from the Fisherman Baptist Church in the port of Bon Secours that work in the port of Mobile, 
Alabama, which is one of the largest ports here in the state of Alabama. And as far as these ports are concerned, continually, every day, there are ships from around the world that come in. As far as these ships are concerned, they carry products. We call this product cargo. Some of the ships come in with petroleum products, lumber, iron ore, coal, vehicles, all kinds of meats, fruits. Uh, the primary use uh, are the reason for the building of most vessels is for the carrying of cargo. Now, some even carry people. I certainly understand that. So we think about as we apply this to people, all right? My life is like a ship. I'm headed across life's sea. What place am I going to give Christ in my life. Some people want him to be no more than just the cargo of the, sh of the ship. Well, what are you talking about, Brother Mon? The cargo? That's a needed thing. That's the reason for the purpose of the ship. God uh, takes and uh, so, you know, desires to be with us and to travel with us, but what part do we give him? A lot of people want him only as the cargo of ship, of of good, so to speak. You understand what I mean? So you say, God is in my life so that I can get things. Do you understand? He's kind of like the cargo. In other words, I, I live comfortably on a load of goods. God is good. I've heard people say that from time to time. God is good. God is good. What are they talking about? They're not necessarily talking about some doctrinal truth that they were thinking about the second coming of Christ. And they said, God's good. When they say God is good to me, God has been good to me, they're talking about some things that they have, some things that they have gotten, some things that supposedly God has supplied for them. Uh, do you understand? In other words, God is sort of around as a cargo of goods. In my life, the reason I have God and the reason I want God in my life is so that I can have goods. That's more than that. We think about this as become a bit of theology where God wants to give you things. I'm telling you, God is more than just a cargo in your life. Now, I'm glad God is good. And I'm glad as far as my life is concerned, I'm not left destitute. I do have things, but God is more to me in my life than just a bunch of things. It says in my text that he might have the preeminence. So on the ship is the preeminent place, the cargo? I think not. Let's go a little further. What causes the ship to function well? That's right, the people aboard the ship. We think about the crew. Oh, for many, many years, I was part of the crew of some of the smaller shrimp trawlers out of the port of Bon Secours that worked in the Gulf of Mexico. We had the first, second, third, and fourth mate uh, if you were on a large trawler. Some of the trawlers only had first mate, second mate. And as far as we think about uh, a mate is concerned, we think about the as far as the vessel, the vessel couldn't operate, it could not function. We think about the harvest of seafood. It left the harbor, out in the Gulf. The nets pulled up. My friend, how is it going to work if you have no crew? So what a lot of people desire of the Lord, especially as they grow in grace, they sense more of a need of God than just a bunch of goods, you know, that God is blessing them, that God is around just to give me things. They begin to think, I need more than just things. I need God to 
help me. Some people look at God just like we would some of the crew. What are you talking about? Some people want Jesus around in the capacity of being sort of a, a companion worker, a co-laborer. Somebody told me one time and said, Jesus is my buddy. I said, what? He's my buddy. He's my good friend. When I need extra hand, an extra hand, he's there to help me. When the job's too big, he's there. When the stress of life gets to the point that I cannot take it anymore, he's there to relieve me of this stress. He's kind of like a fellow crewman. My friend, he's more than that. He's more than just a cargo of goodies for us. It says in all things he might have the preeminence. He's more than just a crew member, a fellow crew member, a burden bearer, a load carrier, someone to lean on. Yes, we, we do that with Jesus Christ, but he wants a more, he wants a better place than that. What is that place? In all things he might have the preeminence as far as the ship is concerned. All right, the most important part, cargo. Huh. The cargo would mean nothing if it was not the crew. But let me take you aboard a ship. Let me take you down most of the big monster ships, uh, the cabin area, uh, the place where the people live. Uh, the, we think about uh, uh, the place as far as the crew is concerned that they would call a home as far as their bedding, the place that they're eat, you know. Uh, let me take you aboard. All right, we'll say, wow, I look up. And sometimes one, two, three, four, five, six, we'll say seven stories high. My, what a huge vessel. And I'd say, let's go aboard. So we go aboard, and we go inside the door into the cabin area, and let's go up one flight, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven flights of stairs. Let's put it on the seventh floor. And I get out, and I look into a room area, and my, oh my, it's surrounded with windows. Windows are everywhere. I can see all around the ship. And as I look there, there is an area that has all just many, many pieces of electronic equipment and things that have to do with taking care of that particular ship. And there is a chair. I look, it's an unusual chair. It's a big chair. And it's made for a special person. There's other chairs that's there to sit in. But this special chair is for a special person. Do you have any idea who that special person is? It's that person is at the helm. Nowadays, it's no more than just a joystick, or we think about a remote, you know. Who's sitting in that chair? You said, Brother Mon, I know who it is. It's the captain. That is correct. He's sometimes the owner of the ship. Uh, he's the authority figure on the boat. He's the man responsible. He's the man in charge. He's the boss. He's the man that all must submit to. He's the captain. All more than just the cargo. More than just the crew, he's the captain. Now, that is the preeminent place. So let me ask you just a, a little silly. Sometimes it appears to be very shallow. But uh, I mean this. Who is at the helm of your life? Who is sitting in the captain's chair? You know, most of the time, you know who it is? We've committed what's called, and we've talked about this before, spiritual mutiny. What's mutiny? It's where seamen rise against the authority of the commander in charge, a rise in authority over the captain. In other words, the crew takes over the ship. Many a person has done that. What do you mean, Brother Mon? Where as far as my life is concerned, your life, 
You guide and run your own life. You make the decisions about things in life. You're actually the one that sits in the captain's chair. How sad that is. My text said that in all things he might have the preeminence. He wants to have that preeminent place. And when you give him that preeminent place, then you get his cargo of goods. Many times the goods that we've brought to ourselves, we've been the captain, <laughs> we've brought all these goods to our life, and these goods have just contaminated us. This, these goods have turned into poisonous things, you know. But all oh, when he's the captain, oh, you get his goods. And then, yes, you get a friend that sticketh closer to a brother. As far as the captain is concerned, yes, a burden bearer, a load carrier, but you want that from the captain, not just some <laughs> supposed crewman you have in your life. So, my friend, who is at the helm of your life? Preeminence just has to do with superiority and rank and dignity and power and influence and excellence in honor, virtue, priority of place, you know. I don't want to run my own life. I don't want to commit spiritual mutiny to take over my own life. Jesus wants in the captain's chair. Let him have that. He wants to be the captain. He wants to be in that position. You need to willfully give that to him. And in doing so, my friend, you can begin to experience what's called that victorious Christian life. Who is at the helm of your life? I highly represent, uh, recommend Captain Jesus. Now, until next week, the same time, this is Fisher Mund saying goodbye.